Stevie, as somebody who works in wrestling, I've got a quick question. Do you actually like a good debate? I do like a good debate. Ask anybody. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jim, obviously as a wrestling fan, um, do you like a good debate? Oh, definitely. I mean, seems to be all we do these days. Someone should make a show about it. Well, it's funny you say that, because that's what this show is about. But first, in turn, roll the intro. Please welcome my two guests. First off, I'll let the guy at the side of me. He doesn't need to be to introduce him. He does it himself. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I'm here. The UK Master of Ceremonies. Once again, I am Stevie Aaron, and uh, I'm here to offer some insight, uh, though I'm not sure what yet. We'll see what happens. It's we're all uh, what's the word? It's all it's all improv. There you go. Couldn't even that is the true. Word then that's that's how much of an improv show it is. There you go. How's <laughs> uh, the week been, my friend? And obviously, I know you've been really ill and stuff. I wouldn't say really ill. I've been, uh, yeah, I've had the bug or something, but uh, yeah, it's it's been not bad. But uh, it's going to get better now because obviously I'm back here on the magic of wrestling. So let's do this. Of course, and the guy below us. I'll let this guy introduce himself. Yeah, I'm Jim King. I'm not officially involved in wrestling in any capacity, but I do like to talk wrestling. And since uh, a lot of my my friends in the real world don't like it. I think uh, this will this will probably do me good. Of course. Uh, and Jim, how are you, my friend? You all right? I'm good. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, I mean, obviously today's show is obviously the debate show. We'll get into that later on. But you know what? Let's. I'm not even going to like any intros. Let's just obviously wing some stuff. Let's see what's been going off. So Stevie, obviously there's some really big shows obviously coming up in the next couple of months. Of course, you've got the this one next week, I believe. Let me get the image. Yeah, get the image up there. Wrestling in Newcastle. We're quite a new group still. Um, it's uh, it's exciting stuff. We've got our biggest event next week. It is the Gauntlet for the Gold. We're going to crown a champion. Who that's going to be, I have no idea. Uh, the main event, as you've seen right there, it is a gauntlet match. Um, five individuals are going to be in the gauntlet. Will stays on. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting stuff. And if you just search, the great thing about this promotion, the, the name of the promotion is so unique, Wrestling in Newcastle, and it was intentional. You know, you Google that, it comes up. Um, obviously, we're on Facebook, Twitter, social media. Uh, we've got our previous events also available on YouTube if you want to check them out. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting stuff. I don't know who will be the first champion, but they're a, a new promotion. They're a growing promotion. I believe they've sold more tickets than they ever have done uh, thus far, um, we're looking to grow and uh, lots lots of uh, plans in the pipeline and I hope to come off. Absolutely. And obviously you said plans in the pipeline. I saw this and I've got to be honest, this really intrigued me. Ah, the Great North Rumble. What will happen there? Yeah, it obviously will be uh, a Royal Rumble style match. Um, 27th of January, uh, kicking off the new year. And uh, yeah, lots of lots of ideas. Like I say, at the moment they're on paper. Hopefully, they'll become a reality, and we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Of course, of course. And Jim, obviously, you've got. Is it True Grit? I believe in a couple of weeks. True Grit. 
Yeah, True Grit Wrestling in Leeds. Um, yeah, really looking forward to this one. I like that their event names always seem to be like movie puns. So we've got Jacob's Ladder this time, and I think it's a, a three-way ladder match. And um, not been to this promotion before, but it's local to me. And yeah, really looking forward to seeing it. I recognise a lot of the talent on that poster as well. I do yeah, too, yeah. yeah. And we got an email this morning saying, don't worry, we know Leon Slate has been signed by TNA, but he's definitely still going to be at it. So there we go. There you go. I mean, we'll obviously swiftly move along. Obviously, Stevie, what do you think to that? Obviously, we Leon signing for TNA. It's it's really interesting because, um, you know, we, we, we can talk, we can spend, I'm sure, an hour talking about Impact, talking about TNA. Um, you know, the idea of uh, TNA signing a, a new talent shows that they're serious about this uh, soft reboot or, um, you know, whatever you want to call it in, in terms of uh, the, the name change. And I've got opinions about that, but I think they're looking for a, uh, another sort of fresh start and hoping that, um, you know, the, the older fans will come back and maybe they'll make newer fans. But the fact that they've signed this this young lad, this prodigy, this um, I think he's 19 years old. He's unbelievable. You know, I've met the kid. He's got a great attitude. And, uh, yeah, hopefully he'll go far. And if this is the new attitude of the new TNA, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it, you know, rather than one of the biggest criticisms is, you know, using guys from the past, too many guys from the past. Impact was a little different, completely different promotion. Maybe it was too different for people. So the new TNA, it's going to be different again. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of eyes on them in January. Whether it's successful, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I wish I wish him personally the best. And uh, um, sky's the limit, I think. Absolutely. Jim, what about the, obviously your thoughts on all this? I agree. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fantastic to see a local, well, I'd say local, <laughs> a British lad that I've seen wrestle a few times get snapped up by a really big company. I'm a little surprised AEW didn't take him, to be honest, because he, you know, as many people know, he was one of, um, uh, what's it called, uh, Will Hobbs's security people at um, All In, which obviously means he's on their radar and they, they had him there in an extra capacity. And I'm, I'm quite surprised that they didn't take him, given how incredibly talented he is. Um, but I think their loss is TNA's gain, absolutely. And I think he could end up being a, a seriously big star. So, yeah, just really excited for him. I hope that there's... I heard whispers, and it's almost certainly not true, um, but that TNA might find its way back to some sort of television channel that's going to be easier to access in the UK, which, if that's true, I think that would be fantastic. Well, it, it, part of the reason, I don't know if you guys know, but um, this, this is one of the reasons why they've gone back to the TNA name, um, whether they put out feelers or uh, temperature checks or whatever you want to call it. What they found was the old networks internationally preferred the TNA name because just because they knew it, like I say, I, I really hate the, that particular name, but I think it's come to mean something else, uh, particularly for a lot of fans who are maybe nostalgic. Um, but the, the actual networks preferred it. So if if they can get uh, you know more recognition from the networks from television channels and it means they're going to be on better better TV maybe in America as well I I don't know what the situation is with that um, but they've obviously recognised as impact wrestling is that branding um, it's it's not working for whatever reason yeah and the thing is I I always remember the library sorry go ahead. 
I'd say it's the three initials. You need... I know it's because of WWF, WWE, global dominance. But sure. A, a three initial thing feels like a wrestling promotion. And I know it was Impact Wrestling, so you should be able to tell it's wrestling. But there was some, it just seemed lower league somehow. Whereas when you've got your three initials, it's like, oh, that sounds like a, a proper league. And I know that's just... Uh, sort of an instinctual reaction but i think the brand recognition will be much bigger well I, I, can i just follow up on that jim because i think it's really interesting that you say that because um in in other areas anybody that knows me personally there's always an in joke that i hate acronyms in general but in wrestling it's unavoidable because it's everybody but what i was going to say is do you think to the the casual person obviously the world's changed in the last 20 years one of the criticisms of Vince Russo was the fact that, you know, TNA, oh, that's childish. Nobody's going to pick them up with that name. It's ridiculous. But I don't think that means what it used to, to the average person. If you get the, the T I and A, oh, it, it means, you know what I mean? But yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah, I don't think it does to an extent. Um, it's been lost somewhere, way. hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. But I think TNA, like you said, does have enough value as people remember oh there used to be a wrestling thing called that and so it will bring back people and at the end of the day it's easier to chant if you're in the crowd like people have always chanted <laughs> TNA even when it was impact and okay. you need something the crowd can to you uh, no. you can't do impact wrestling oh, I suppose you could do it like that there you go they do do that <laughs> just ruin me on point <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're saying though it's just very interesting to me because you know I've always uh obviously being a, a bit older than a lot of people um that may have you know grown up with tna i i always see the sort of um you know the bad years as well as the good years as well i suppose um but there was a reason that they became impact that's that's all i would say to that but maybe there's a better reason now uh to become tna again it's interesting hmm. if i remember rightly though doesn't the library actually name is actually tna anyway even though there was this like, name impact how, how do you mean the library? In terms I, I, of... I do. I do believe, obviously, like obviously, every wrestling show's got their own library. So I do believe their library is actually called TNA. It probably is. <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll move along, know. shall we? I'm just remembering. All I can say, I will. I will say, Impact is the most professional company I've ever worked for. Though they were very, very good. So. Okay, okay. So we'll obviously move back, obviously, to the wrestling shows we've got coming up. And Jim, I know you're looking at this one. I'm obviously going. Stevie Aaron will be there. And of course, it's NGW. Now, I've seen a lot of people talking about this. People, obviously, I've interviewed and stuff. And I've got to be honest, I'm really excited. Stevie, what can you tell us about this? Oh, it's going to be great. It's obviously the biggest venue that they've ever run. Um, I think it's 3,500 seat are in capacity. Um, Eternal Glory was always a big event. I think I, I might have mentioned this last time I was on that uh, this is the one event in December, for whatever reason, when we used to run um, the old uh, Echo Arena. Um, we obviously ran the uh, the City Hall after then. Uh, big event in December. Uh, it was always called Eternal Glory. One year in particular, we, we turned fans away. Um, it was, you know, the building was, was completely full. Uh, great crowd, the love NGW in Hull doesn't get much traction online, as we've talked about before, Liam. Um, mm -hmm. But hopefully that'll change. Uh, you know, fans, you know, come along. 
um, in in Hull for lack of it, and I, I really hate talking like this, but for lack of a better term, they really believe it. You know, they, they get behind everybody, they believe in the in the people that are involved, and uh, it's just going to be an exciting event. I hope you know there's just that um, that fire that the fans of the Hull have, have had in the past, that that response that we've had at the City Hall, some of the biggest reactions you know I've ever heard, even just speaking as a fan, and you know I've been in big arenas, I've been in town halls but uh, there's something just very special about um ngw when um and, and and i'm equating that to all of the fans as well not just the, the people involved it's a great promotion obviously i'm proud to work for them and i have done for 10 years but um at this level to 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 just you know knock it up a bit knock it up a notch so to speak and being a, a bigger venue it's uh it's exciting and i hope um it does well Absolutely, Jim. Obviously, I know you're looking at this. Um, have you decided if you're going yet? Uh, we'll have to see how much money I've got <laughs> close <laughs> to Christmas. If I can afford it and I can get there, absolutely. Listening I wish I could to... send you tickets, Jim, but they don't let me do things like that. <laughs> Listening to you guys talk about it, uh, last time I was on, I was like, yeah, no, I really have got an itch to go see that. So, fingers crossed if the wind blows the right way, definitely. Yeah, the one thing obviously I like here is obviously it's going to be a steel cage match, which I'm really excited for. Never seen one live, so this is where I'm like, okay, let's go. Yeah, yeah, and and Nathan Cruz, you know, he's uh, obviously this is his home promotion. He wrestles all over the country, he's wrestled all over the world, and he's really proud of what NGW has become. And he, he he's he said to me, and he said to the fans at our last event, he, and he means it that he's he's going to try and put on a performance like he's never done before. He's against Miles Kerman, who's a young kid, good kid, um, you know, hated in Hull. <laughs> but uh, in, in the cage match, I don't know, you know, what's going to happen. Um, but uh, I, I hope, you know, Touchwood, that uh, they both come out unscathed. Uh, I don't think they'll ever be the same afterwards, but, you know, <laughs> I, I, I hope that uh, it goes off uh, really well, which I'm, I'm sure it will. But uh, yeah, we we just want new fans there. We want people to travel and and come and see this because the people of Hull uh, will already be sold on it. Absolutely, absolutely. And one obviously show which I caught when I was doing the show was it's obviously title. Now again, we see obviously the talent we used to see him, but I mean Stevie, I don't know what you know about obviously title. Title have been around a long while. I've never worked for Title, but uh, yeah, a lot of the the mainstays there. If you if you put that poster back up, obviously you've got Scotty Rock there in the middle. Um, he's going to be there next week as well, and uh, you know some some recognisable names there. Like uh, I can see Fusik and you know it, Ace Matthews. Though I don't really want to put him over. Um, <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, it's uh, yeah, they, they, they've been around a while, and uh, yeah, they, they continue to to. to to go, I guess. Absolutely. Jim, obviously, what do you know about Tidal? Um, not a lot, but um, like Stevie said, I, I recognise Scotty Rock, I recognise a couple of the other faces. I've just seen it's in Huddersfield, so that, that's not a bad commute for me. Um, so I'm going to end up just spending all my money on <laughs> wrestling shows coming on these shows with you guys. <laughs> uh, well, you're supporting British wrestling, so which kind of... I know, Absolutely. Which kind of leads me obviously on to my next question is, Stevie, obviously I ask a lot of wrestlers this and obviously I want to ask your opinion on this. The British oh. wrestling scene right now as a whole, I've got to be honest, it's in a really good place right now. Would you agree with that? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it, you, you can go online and you can look at these uh, events that are advertised and you can, you know, where wherever you live, you're going to see a, a, a poster somewhere um, advertising whatever events. I mean, from from my perspective, there's, uh, there's there is a negative side. There is, um, you know, events that you see and you think, you know, should should these guys be running? Should the, this, this talent be involved? Are they experienced enough? Um, and then you see a lot of the same names, which again, uh, pros and cons with that for the fans. I think you know you don't want to see always the same people again and again. Obviously, good talent you do, but um, um, you know it's it, it's good to see new talent that you've never seen before that might be exciting. Um, but it's in an interesting uh, position. I don't know if there's any sort of dominating force, and you can argue with me, Liam. Obviously, from a, a, a fan perspective. Um, you know, over the years, we've seen the growth of, say, progress with ICW. Um, obviously, uh, what culture, when I worked for them, it was a very exciting time because we were doing television tapings. Uh, we were doing pay-per-views and whatnot. You had, obviously, the comeback of MPW last year. And a lot of things, obviously, have happened since then. Um, NGW, I find it very frustrating in terms of, um, and we've talked about it as well. It might have been on the first show that I did in terms of they don't, NGW don't seem to get the recognition online that I, I would like and the people who work for them would like. Um, but, you know, it's out there, I suppose, is the point I'm trying to make. And um, it, it's good that we can, you know, get that attention through the internet, through social media. But um, to anybody watching this, you know, check out, look at the posters in your area, see what's available. Not all of it is going to be great. Have a look at the prices of the events. And again, I don't want to um, the, the, there are some companies who do, you know, these uh, these cheaper shows, and they are, you know, really good companies and the profitable companies. Um, but I do um, have an opinion about that in terms of, you know, how much value do you put in your events to be able to charge this amount for tickets? And I've always found if it's, I, I, I tend to question it if it's five pounds or less. Now it might be. I know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll just throw it out there. I'll. I'll Okay, I'll just say who it is. Um, you know, like I don't know if they do this now, but like PCW did used to do events. I think they were the one pound a ticket, or they did these these cheaper events. Um, but there was a rhyme and a reason for that because you know they would get all of the people in, and it actually ended up being profitable. Now I don't know what that that business model was like for them. Um, but my point is, um, you know, that if if the poster looks a, a, a little dubious, it may well be because now anybody can make good graphics on the phone and there's there's no excuse for it. So all I would say to fans is if you're unsure about attending a particular event, look at how much effort is in the uh, promoting, how much effort, um, how much visibility does that promotion have? Not necessarily just online, just in terms of the area and posters. Does that make sense? I don't want to go on on tangents, but. Um, it's in a good place, but there's so much of it out there. I sometimes wonder if there's there's too much product, and it's sometimes hard to find the uh, the meat within the fat. Yeah, yeah, Jim, your response to that? Yeah, I, th I think you make some really good points there. Like, I'm fairly new to the British wrestling scene, and I'm just trying to sort of find my way around it. And you do see these these faces recurring on different shows mm -hmm. and as a new fan for me it's it's kind of hard to keep track of well okay so he's the champion in that one but he's not in that one yeah and he is over there but then and then he's a heel in this one but he's a face in that one and i in my sort of ideal world i suppose i've 
if it were possible to have something almost like the old American territory system. So have like a bunch of performers who mainly wrestle in the north or the south or whatever, and then rotate them every so often. I know, you know, this is pie in the sky. So it mean everybody working nicely together and um yeah. But I, I Everybody earning money as well, you know, like that. Well, that that's yeah. it exactly, right. and like you say, it could get to the stage if you do have guys who only work like the northern cities. Are the crowd going to get bored of them pretty quickly? So it, it is a a minefield to try and manage it all right. But um, on the other hand, it is great to see so many different things. And like you say, you can see a poster, whatever city you're in, there's probably going to be a show before too long. And that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the most confusing thing for me is obviously, it's, I'm expanding obviously what Jim said there is you'll see like an example is like Alexis Falcon versus Lizzie Eva on one show. But then on the next show, the tag team is together. And like, I can't keep up. Do you know what I mean? It's like different mm. things on different shows. I'm not saying that's a bad thing because, I mean, the great work. So I'm just going to say that. But yeah, it's it's kind of confusing, you know, on that little thing, to be honest. I, I think as well, um, again, I, this is not a shot, Lizzie or Alexa, but I, uh, for me, um, it, as, uh, I think workers need to invest in what they're doing a little bit more. And you can say that kayfabe's dead and, and all that kind of stuff, but I was very much um, against that kind of thing. I was like, look, let's, let's have consistency. If you look at the early 3CW shows that we did in the 2000s, um, I, I was too obsessed with it because I was still sort of in fan mode. I was like, it, when I used to do commentary, I was obsessed with acknowledging these were the promotions and what was happening elsewhere and sort of trying to bring it all in. Uh, somebody told me not that long ago, a veteran actually, it was like, oh, you've got to think of them as different worlds and, you know, just treat it that way. But the problem with that is, yeah, you can treat it like different worlds, but that other world's 30 minutes down the road, you know what I mean? So it's like, I, I, I completely agree from, from that point of view. And even though you could say that or argue it, you know, at this level, um, you know, people are looking for the, the, the sort of more training aspect and the learning aspect rather than, um, you know, some sort of consistency. Um, and the majority of people in the crowd aren't, you know, going to care what that person is uh, elsewhere, uh, heel or face or whatever. But you, you're dead right, you know, in terms of following it, in terms of uh, where the world is right now with social media and we can find out about anything and everything at, at once. Um, a bit more consistency uh, would be uh, would be most welcome, I think. Yeah, I think that's a fair little comment. So we've got a bit of obviously time before we get into our main event. Steve, is there you want to talk about obviously in general wrestling related? Um, I, I think I pretty much covered <laughs> what what I wanted to talk about there. Um, you know, it's uh, I'll, I'll agree with you and say it is it is in a good place and and sort of reiterate again that uh, you know people are doing well. Um, but I think as well it'd be nice to be able to see a. Uh, uh, a promotion over here, obviously, we talked about you know Slater being signed and stuff with with TNA, but it it'd be nice if we had um, you know something in the UK. Not that I'm um, you know wanting to slay impact for for touring over here, but you know let's let's look at the fact that we've got quite a lot of promotions that seem to be doing financially quite well at the moment, and if if maybe uh, they need to push it a bit more in 2024 and. Uh, Get more of that success. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Jim, obviously, if we've got a bit more time, anything you want to talk about wrestling related? Um, 
all sorts, all sorts. Um, no, it's just, it, it's a good time to be a fan, I think. Like, we, we've obviously talked about the UK scene and everything that's going on there. And, like, the big American companies are producing really good stuff at the moment. And there's not, I don't feel like there's a buzz like there was in the Hogan era or the Attitude era or whatever. But I feel like wrestling at the minute is having... A bit of a low-key moment that the the general interest seems to be picking up a bit at the minute and in terms of like quality i think we're at a, a real real good phase at the minute absolutely yeah so i've also got a couple more things obviously to discuss i was just thinking then as you guys were talking stevie obviously imports now obviously we do see them in the uk but i wouldn't say they're more frequent was that fair I think that's fair, and I think there's multiple reasons for that. I mean, that's a subject in itself, the fact that is there a draw at the moment? And I'll, I'll put it to yourselves. Um, is there a draw that's not signed? You know, if you're, a, if you're a British promoter, and I've had this discussions with promoters, you want to, and let's say, okay, we want to bring an attraction over, we want to, you know, try and pop the crowd or bring some interest in here. Um, who do we bring over that's not signed to the, you know, AEW or WE, obviously, or... Um, you know, someone that is going to be available. And, you know, in years gone by, there was always somebody sort of on the indie scene, whether that was XWE talent or someone who had made it on their own. Um, I don't know. I pose that question to you. I, if you if you know of anybody, you tell me, because I, I just don't see it. I don't think there's been a time where there's, um, you know, that we're in a position where we can book AEW talent, but... Collisions on a Saturday night, and that's when a lot of the British events <laughs> <laughs> happen. You know what I mean? So, yep. I, I don't know. Is there anybody? Response? Uh, just off the top of my head, um, I know there's there's Zack Ryder, but he's the or whatever he's become Matt Cardona, um, yeah. but he's like the sort of the exception that proves the rule. I suppose that he's kind of made a a late career resurgence out of being the indie king. Um, But yeah, I'd I'd take your point. It is difficult to think. The thing is, if you read the dirt sheets or watch the YouTube commentary videos or what have you, as soon as someone is, in inverted commas, a free agent, it's immediately, well, they're in talks with this company and this company and this company. And yeah, they're pretty much off the market almost as soon as their feet touch the floor. Man, I've heard CM Punk's not doing much at the minute. Maybe uh... <laughs> he could I be think maybe... impact. Well, that wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah. Yes, it would. Sorry, you were going to say something, Stephen? Uh, the only other person I can think of really would be Mercedes Monet, but obviously being injured mm. at the moment. Um, but I, I, it, it's just not like how it was at one point and i'm not saying that's a bad thing as well because obviously these guys are looking for um you know full-time work um but um it, it can be quite frustrating when we used to live in an era where okay um again going back to those old 1pw events from 2005 2006 and you look at oh yeah we'll just get braver and we'll have tommy dreamer and the sad man and all the xccw guys and you know um and there was access to the tna a lot as well because they weren't um, you know, running live every week at the time. Um, I mean, that that's a question in itself. What's the new TNA going to be like? Is it going to be live every week? Um, are they be going to? Are, are they still going to be doing tapings? Uh, does it make a difference? 
I, I don't know. Sweden. What's the question? There you go. Remains to be seen. So one thing, yeah. obviously, we spoke about before we came on the air was match placement, obviously, in like wrestling shows. Now, I said that after the interval, a women's match, I don't feel like is the decent match to put on after an interval. Jim, I'll start with you. What do you think? Yeah, there was, we were talking about it earlier, and it was I sort of misheard the start of what you said, and you said about where the women's match was placed, and that got me thinking a lot of the time it's kind of used almost as a, a lull in between. You often get a women's match as like the semi-main event because you'll have a big match, and then they need something to calm the crowd down and let everybody do whatever they need to do before they put the main on. And I think in some ways that's detrimental to women's wrestling because more people will miss it. Um, but doing it after an interval implies that there's a lot of faith in that to grab the crowd and get them back in. And I, I think it comes down to how over the crowd is. Uh, sorry, how over the talent is with the crowd as to whether they can do that. And I think if you've got women stars who are big enough that they can confidently open half of the show, then I think I, I don't have anything anything against per se putting it there. But I also think it could backfire if they're not over or they're not particularly great in ring. It, it could start the second half off on a bit of a low, which you don't want. So it, it's very it's very tricky. Absolutely. Stevie Aaron? Um, I agree with Jim. I think it ultimately comes down to the quality of the talent. Um, uh, a little trick I found that, that works quite well, and these are more sort of uh, family-oriented shows, and what I mean by that is they might not necessarily know the talent, like, you know, more hardcore wrestling fans or like yourself, Liam, or Jim as well, uh, would know as well. One of, one of the tricks I used to use, and I still do, sometimes depending on the event, would be just to say, okay, we've had, you know, men's action, We've had a tag team match. How's about a women's match? And they usually, oh, yeah, you know, and it gets a reaction and stuff. But it does depend what you're setting out to do. I mean, that example that you're using specifically, Liam, I don't know if that was the only women's match on the event, if it was setting something up, what what the reason was why it was there. But you're very right about um, talking about match uh, positioning, why that match is there, you know, what, what what's the reason behind it. And it might be even deeper than... Uh, because this dictates the booking later or this is because this is a situation or this person's going over. It may well be just a case of, you know, as I said uh, before we went on the air, somebody arriving late um, mm -hmm. and, and an experienced talent wanting more time. Um, you know, the veteran or the, the more experienced talent saying, we just need to work out a few things before we get in the ring. Um, I think it's an important spot though, as Jim says, that, you know, being at after, after interval, I think you need something to, to grab everyone and get them back into it. Whether that succeeded on the event uh, that you went to, Liam, um, I don't know. And obviously it might be something that the promoter noticed and went back and went, you know what, this didn't work next time. Let's try it like this. So, um, you know, we don't get it right all the time. And um, even, even the big promotions don't, as we've seen. Absolutely. So to answer your question, there was actually two women's matches on the card. Okay. Was that the so, first? No, that was the second. Okay. So, but like I said, that's absolutely thing. So enough rambling on now. Let's get into what we call the main event. The main event.
I don't know why that ending gets me every single time. <laughs> the quarter thing gets me he's, all the time. He's been beat, so he's putting more money in because the main event was a, 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 a what's the term? I should know this. My mind's gone blank. A coin um, coin grabber, coin stealer. <laughs> okay, okay. So before we obviously get into obviously the main event, we're going to say thank you to obviously one of our sponsors. This is, of course, the Kill City Cup. Now, the best way I can describe this is Mortal Kombat meets wrestling. I will play the clip and let you judge it for yourself. Welcome to the Kill City Cup. You look a bit starstruck there, all right. <laughs> I like the music. Oh, it's awesome <laughs> music. So for people obviously wants that, you can check it on by a number of ways. YouTube, Kill City Cup, they've got a website, and also it's in the description, obviously, this video. Go check it out. It's an hour of your time, and you will not be disappointed. There's some big names, obviously, in there, Natalia Markova, Brian Idol, Brian Cage, and Matt Seidel. So there's some big names in there. Oh. So main event know. times. So... Obviously, I said to these guys, let's have a nice little debate show. We've been debating pretty much most of the show, so let's have a bit of fun. Now, what makes this show really interesting is I don't know what Steve is bringing to the table, and I don't know what Jim's going to be bringing to the table. So here's what's going to happen. Jim's bringing have a nice everything debate. to the table. <laughs> so here's what's going to happen is we're just going to have a nice debate, and whoever I feel is the winner at the end is the winner. So we're going to also yeah. take into consideration the first half an hour of the show. So Stevie Aaron, kick us off. What are you going to bring to the table to debate? I'll bring to the table to debate, and I did mention this briefly, so we'll go back to women's wrestling again. So there seems to be this attitude from uh, a lot of fans. And again, I hate putting everybody in the same bubble or bracket or whatever you want to call it in terms of this expectation uh, that there must always be two women's matches on a, a wrestling event. Um, if it has been advertised as such, absolutely. If it hasn't... Um, no, there's no um, prerequisite. This is what you must do because the world has changed. Um, it's nothing to do with being PC. It's nothing to do with being inclusive. Um, AEW got this criticism for the Wembley event because they only had uh, one women's match. Um, sometimes it does boil down to uh, not only booking what you've got planned for the week after, um, but ultimately your talent. Uh, I'm sorry, but AEW's women's roster is nowhere near what WWE's women's roster is. Um, that's not to say that there can't be more than one women's match on events, but expecting it, just expecting it for expecting its sake. It, it, no, um, you know, there's not there's not a six-man tag on every... Well, maybe there is an AEW, but there isn't a six-man tag on every wrestling event. There isn't a... Um, you know, there's some um, strange wrestling events where there's no singles matches, which we can debate that all you want. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's not a sexist thing. Like I say, it's not a PC thing. It's not nothing to do with inclusivity. Um, you can do what you can as a promoter, but sometimes it's just not viable. Um, you know, talent-wise, 
booking wise there's, there's these variables that you've got to take into account so just expecting it i'm i'm sorry but it's uh it, it you know it it just shouldn't be something that you expect same it, you know it's like expecting the royal rumble to be last at every royal rumble which i get for hardcore fans is something that you want to see because it's oh this is how they've always done it i like to see the rumble last but sometimes it's you know booking reasons other reasons um i know that's a bit, bit of a outside example to compare that to having women's wrestling matches but um you know, you've just got to take into the fact that it, the, there's other reasons, is what I'm saying, and I'm rambling. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, uh, Jim, your response? Yeah, I'm, uh, I don't disagree. Uh, I think it's nice to have women's matches on a card, but like Stevie said, I think it comes down to the talent and to whether a place on a card is warranted and i think that goes for the men as well and it goes for the tag teams you know it's right in my ideal version everything would be driven by the feuds and the storylines and that comes down to the the writers and the the producers and the bookers to to build a feud to get to the point where if it wasn't on the card you feel cheated so it needs it needs to start further back and it needs to start with building the characters building the stories getting the crowd invested in it rather than just saying we need two women's matches because the problem that can happen there is you might have let, let's say just for this hypothetical argument you've got two women's singles matches on a card And it might be that one of them, they've put the work in and they've built it up and they've got it to the stage where people are invested and care and want to see this match. And then the other one might be just, well, we need our second match, so we better just throw these two together. And that does a disservice to them because Mm. people get the impression that, oh, well, the people in the back don't care about this, so why should I care about this? And that carries on to the next event because you see those names crop up again and you think, oh, she had that dud of a match last time. I don't, I'm not really bothered about it. And that equally can happen in, in the men's matches. Yeah, but, absolutely. But, but wrestling being the business it is, the majority of promotions will have far more male talents than they do female talents. So yeah, it, it's less likely to happen because of that. So I, I do think it's a, a double-edged sword. I, I don't think anything should ever have to be a requisite that you must have this match. That's with the point. possible exception of, I think at pay-per-views, you should have your world title defended. Otherwise, that feels a little bit off. But but in terms of you must have this match with this stipulation every show. Yeah. No, I, I don't agree with that. Well, it's interesting what you said there, Jim, because you've come up with a good example, and I actually disagree. I don't think you need a world title match on every pay-per-view, though it definitely should be the uh, the focus of the company. Um, so really, it's a, it's a WWE example, again, with, with, with Trish and Becky. Everybody thought that they should have wrestled at SummerSlam, and it didn't happen until the one after the one after that. Um, it was the one after, right? Was it payback? Yeah, I think so. Was, yep. it, was, was it payback? Um but but he's the thing, um, and I know they built that up, and I understand that they wanted to maybe pay it off at you know the second biggest event or the third biggest event, whatever SummerSlam is now. Um, but I was looking at it saying, but that that first match that they had wasn't particularly good. 
And it, it really wasn't, you know. Um, and they might have just wanted more time to work out the kinks and be able to do that cage match, which I haven't seen for the record, but I heard it was very good. Um, so I, I think, yeah, you've, there's, there's that many events, there's that many live events, particularly talking about the big companies that they put on. Um, you're right, there is. I don't think there should be a prerequisite to say, this is what you have to have on every single show. No, of course, it gets ridiculous when the Intercontinental title hasn't been defended on a pay-per-view in 18 months or whatever it was. <laughs> That's a different... St- yeah, uh, well, that, that is silly. But um, or, or Roman Reigns, you know, hasn't defended the title in however long. Uh, you can, we can argue that all, all we want. But this specific thing where it's almost like, um, you know, white knights online, um, you know, saying that oh, you should always have a women... Oh, should be a women's match. And it's just like... No, it's just not always possible. Um, we're not actually being sexist, so just pipe down. There's a reason for this. Um, so that's all I wanted to say on that, really. I mean, the thing is, when I also think about it as well, is I'm always used to looking at a, a match card and actually seeing at least one match, like women's match. If mm-hmm. you see like more than one, I'm thinking, okay, then that's like an added bonus. Do you know what I mean? And stuff like that. So I think. Would you my... say you would see it as an attraction, though, Liam? Because I do. I know Jim Cornette's talked about this, and I, I actually disagree. I don't. I think we're past that point. I don't think women's wrestling is an attraction. I don't think it's. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, it's like the um, Lena the Andre the Giant handicap match or something. You know, it's 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 not like that. But um, you know, you just cannot accept that many. That there must be that many women's matches at every event. But is that down to the talent, obviously, within like the certain like? Or, yeah. Take the, you take the UK example. Is would you say that's down to like the plethora of the talent? What's in the UK? God, yeah, we stru- uh, running three CW, and we said we wanted to do, um, you know, three CW women's title. I remember it well. I remember the conversations. I remember contacting, um, you know, the talent, and we struggled just to, just to be able to find the talent to be able to do it, the right talent to be able to do it as well. Um, you know, I talked about I talked to yourself, Liam, actually, more recently, you know, about um and I won't say what it was regarding specifically, but it was uh, you know, what talent if I actually asked you, you know, what talent have you seen, who's talking, what's the buzz online about, you know, is, is there any upcoming women that maybe aren't getting the shot that they should? Um so sometimes we we just don't know if that talent's even out there, um, you know, as promoters, as people involved, and probably as fans as well. Um so yeah, it's it's just not always possible. We'd love to be able to do it if the talent's there, because it is important. And don't get me wrong, like I said, I don't want to come across as oh, um, you know, we shouldn't have women's wrestling. I'm just saying that it's not always viable to be able to do to the level that we want to do it at. Okay, okay, Jim, anything to add on that? Yeah, just thinking about it, it it, it is interesting how the perception of women's wrestling is, like. I went to uh, a WWE UK tour, house show, whatever you want to call it, um, a couple of years back. And the main event was Sasha Banks versus Charlotte Flair. And a lot of people left the arena. And, you know, that went out last. But a load of people left and didn't watch it. And I I was baffled by that. So it's like, these are two of the best wrestlers going certainly in this promotion at the time wwe's got a lot better since but at Mm. at the time there was very few could touch them and i do feel like there is still this stigma around women's wrestling that people aren't as willing to invest in it and i do think 
that needs to change to an extent because there are exceptional talents out there. But like I said earlier, it, that needs to begin with the storytelling and the presentation. It's not going to happen just by oversaturating the market with women's matches and putting X number of women's matches on every card. And the, as I said, the problem with that is if you have got someone who isn't as great a worker or isn't as great with the crowd, that's going to expose it and it, it's going to have the opposite effect. That's excellent. Yeah, I can't I can't add anything to that. That's spot on. That's absolutely a nice little thing to end on. So, Jim, obviously what are you going to bring to the table to debate? Well, they, it made me think what we were talking about there, like titles and things like that. So, one of the things I've noticed and I feel quite strongly about is that I feel like promotions in general and the big American ones in particular should have less titles, not more. And take the current AEW as an example. I'm going to leave the Ring of Honor titles that they've got knocking about out of the conversation because that just takes it to insane levels. It's a separate um, company. <laughs> but, well, of course it is, yeah. Um, but you you look in, you've got your world title, obviously, and they've done a really good job of building up the prestige of that. It feels important. And then they introduced the TNT title, which they said it's not a secondary title. It's like, well, by definition it is, because it's not the world title. So that that's silly verbiage to put out there. And then they introduced the international title. And all of a sudden you're like, well, which one's the secondary title and which one's the tertiary title and which one should I care about more and which one's more prestigious for these characters to be going for? And what what was it called originally, Jim? That oh, wasn't sorry, the name, it was, was called, it? It was called the All Atlantic <laughs> and it had flags of Japan, which Japan. is not in the Atlantic. <laughs> so that was a, a wee bit silly. Yeah. And the, the original selling point for that, though, was, oh, well, this is going to be defended... Um, people are going to win it and take it to other promotions. and But then that just went by the wayside completely. And they did that fantastic run with Orange Cassidy that really established that as a belt for people to care about. So it's like, right, well, that should be the secondary one then and not the team. Basically, you need to get rid of one of them. And then on the other side, you've got the women's world title, which again, great. But that roster is not deep enough or interesting enough to support a secondary singles women's title. And I think that's to its detriment. And because whether it is network pressure or whatever it is, they are only running one women's match per TV show. It, it means basically they have to take it in turns as to whether we've got a feud for the TBS title or for the women's title. And you need to just get rid of one of them, get rid of the TBS title. And you can have feuds within that division that don't rely on the title. And that'll do more for the women's division to make mm. you care about it. And then you've got the trios and the tag team. Fair enough. And on the WWE side, you've got two world, well, three world titles have they got at the minute. Technically, Roman Reigns has got two of them, but he's got another belt that represents it, but Paul Heyman still carries them around. And then you've got two secondary titles and two tag team titles, but they're unified. And then you've got women's tag team titles, which are cursed. And I, I feel like it just needs stripping back a bit 
so that we can invest in the titles we've got. Because if everyone walks out with a belt slung over the shoulder, that tells you that having a belt over your shoulder isn't important. And I feel like that really robs something from it. You know, wrestling has got this built-in structure. The the sports-like presentation is that means something. And it doesn't if everyone's got one. Okay, interesting. Stevie, your response? Um, my response is to initially agree with everything you've just said. And um, obviously, I can remember a time growing up where the WWF they had the world title, intercontinental tag titles. That was it. Uh, WCW barely had much more. You know, they had the US title and the TV title. Um, but again, different structure. It was only, you know, the tag titles and the and the world title before all the hoo-ha with the NWA and stuff. There is a reason why they have that many title belts, particularly in the WWE, and it's down to merchandise. Mm-hmm. These things sell. They, they just do. The designs, um, the replicas, even the rubbish toy ones, you know, <laughs> the pe- people people buy them. Um, and, and this is the argument. Uh, unfortunately, as a purist, or as a wrestling fan, or somebody just trying to follow this thing uh, a bit more casually, it's it's much more difficult. I mean, the fact that you have to watch um, how many hours of TV a week of just WWE to keep up with it, you know. Um, so you put that on top of all these championships. I can't remember where it came from, but um, you'll you'll know what I mean. Where we all had that uh, friend that used to be a wrestling fan, or we know people who used to be wrestling fans, and the question used to be, "Who's the champion now?" and used to be able to answer it. And now it's impossible. Um, you know, I really hate the fact that, the, you know, reintroduced the Raw title after what Roman Reigns did. I went, you know, that's the one good thing. We've got one world champion. And it's like, oh, they're doing another. And sets the champion. And it's like, again, it feels like old ground to me as well. You know, giving the championships to various people where you're like, well, why do they need a title? You know, with someone like Gunther, it makes sense. You know, it's, he still feels fresh, even though he's had it forever. Um, as the Intercontinental title, as the Intercontinental champion, he's you know done wonders with that. Um, but you're right, it's there's there's too many championships and AEW. Uh, you know, I'm sure Tony Khan. I might be wrong. I'm sure he said that early on that he was going to keep it to the minimum. That was going to be the world title, and then the TNT title, and then unfortunately this international thing showed up. And I was happy that obviously Pac had it, and it was like okay, he's going to defend it around the world and stuff, and it. It just hasn't worked out the same. There's too many championships. Plus, you have the, you know, the FTW title, which I get is the gimmick belt and stuff, but it doesn't work when you've got a still a new promotion and you're trying to, you know, put over your own titles. I like the trios. If it was me, I, I think for AEW, I'd keep the world, uh, the TNT, merge that with, you know, the the other one, and um, I'd have the trios and the tag. I think that's enough. Um, and then the one women's title, as you say, because the the roster's not not deep enough, so I can't disagree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of the things obviously Jim makes makes some valid points, especially obviously the women's side of stuff. I'm thinking, why have they got two titles? We've already discussed obviously the the roster's not actually that thick. But one thing mm-hmm. I can thinking about is now is could you like put like titles exclusively? Do you know, like Collision as an example, in a way, the roster mm-hmm. stacks is obviously we said that many times. The roster's big enough to do that, and I, I 
I wouldn't have an issue with that if you if you took the TNT title and put it on Collision as their belt effectively and have the international title as the main belt on Dynamite and then you've got the champion who can go between the both of them. Uh, I could see that working, but it'd mean committing to a hard brand split, which mm. I I don't know. I don't feel like AEW's in a place where they want to do that. I'm not sure they've got enough marquee names that the networks would be happy to, for them to do that. To go, you see, I mean, so I'm never going to get Kenny Omega on my channel. I, you know, I, there'd be a lot of backstage politicking going on with that. I don't think it's um, a, it would be a good idea for them at all. It's it's a WWE trope as well. It's do mm, something different. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. See me back to you for your second talking point. Um, I'm not sure. I'm intrigued to see what else Jim's got because he's got more than me. He's put me on a, a different sort of uh, uh, level. Now. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what else I have. Do you have anything, Jim? For yeah, for I'll show one? my age and go old school for this, and okay. you'll know exactly what era I'm from. But I've noticed in a lot of the discourse, a lot of the conversations, you get these snarky YouTube videos coming up, and I, I'm not slagging them off. There's people I respect who come out with this opinion. Liam! <laughs> and and I feel it's completely wrong. I feel like it's <laughs> retroactive continuity that people are throwing out there. Oh, when okay. people complain about Hogan winning the title at the end of WrestleMania 9, Everyone says, everyone hated it. It was terrible. They didn't. They loved it at the time. I remember me and my mate went absolutely crazy when that happened. I'm not saying with my, with my 2023 head on, and I know a lot more about wrestling now, and I've looked at the history of it, I can see all the reasons why it was a bad idea, and it shouldn't have happened, and it did damage. But at the time that made our day and i feel like a lot of people around my age who were watching it at the time loved it how old are you jim i'm 42 oh two years younger than me okay interesting stevie go ahead um i remember watching that wrestlemania live because it was the the latest wf show i'd ever <laughs> stayed up for at the time um because this one started at 12 o'clock and if i remember rightly wrestlemania 8 and it started at about 10 o'clock our time because it was on during the afternoon or something whether the, the time difference of uh wh whatever it was uh caesar's palace obviously for wrestlemania 9 but i'd just come out of hospital so i was having a bad time um i had no idea how they were going to end this main event um i was kind of um um it Kayfade hadn't quite been broken for me, but I did still read some insider stuff. So it was, I was kind of in that weird limbo. Um, so I knew it wasn't quite above board, but how they did it, I wasn't quite sure. Um, but yeah, I was happy when Hogan won at the end because I'd been having a rough time. Um, and it was a very, very different finish at the time i think fans mm. you're right they're looking at it with 2023 heads or the you know they weren't there they weren't even alive a lot of fans at the time to see it um so i, I partially agree because my thing's always being at that time i was like wrestlemania always ends on ends on a high note mm. so it's always a happy ending so how, unless brett beats yoko how are they going to end this that was my question and 
And then when it happened, it was like, ah, oh, Yoko's the champ. How are they getting out with this one? And then it was, you know, he issues the challenge and Hogan wins it. It's like, ah, oh, it's a happy ending. So that's how I, I looked at it. It was like, it's a happy ending. It was only within, you know, the next week or the weeks that followed that I realized you've just undone all of this great stuff mm-hmm. that you've done with Bret Hart, building him up as a world title guy and going into the new era, the new generation or whatever they wanted to call it. And it was when, um, I, I think it was Big Shots magazine, if you're old enough to remember that, Big Shots magazine, the the, the reader's page, there was a lot of backlash at the time. Um, so there was backlash, Jim, I will say that. Okay. Maybe not from everybody, but there was, there was people saying, you know, this ending was ridiculous. Um, even even people who were talking like it was legit, they were like, how can Hogan do that? How can, you know, Vince do that for him? I heard this. I, I don't know where this came from. You guys might have heard this. I don't know if you have, but I read it somewhere and or it came from somebody told me. And it's one of these weird uh, stories that you never hear anyone talk about. I don't know if Meltzer's ever confirmed it or or what, but apparently after they went off the air, Vince got in the ring and hugged Hogan. Is that true? I need to find out if this is true because it came and no one's ever talked about it since. And I, I don't know if it's just nonsense, but it sounds kind of right to me. <laughs> it, it I kind of want it to be true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either. So oh, my golden goose is back. And except he totally wasn't. But you know, it was yeah. gone one day, the next one. But um... it was it was gone a few months later, yeah, because it wasn't working out. Uh, you know, whatever the reasons for that, it's never been fully explored. I think it's a fascinating year, 1993. Mm. Um, for, for those reasons. Um I partially agree because I, I, I'm kind of an, a Hulkamaniac at heart, but um, you know, thinking of, when you stopped and thought about it, because I remember the next day just thinking we're back to where we were three years ago. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like Hulkamania again, and it's like, mm. so what do you think, Liam? <laughs> it's I a mean, good one, that, that, the, that is a good one, Jim. Well played. But I was I didn't watch it live. I was remember watching it like I think like a few years later. And to me, when I obviously watched obviously the Brett and Yoko match, I'm thinking, I was a huge Brett fan, by the way, do you know what I mean? Great worker. And mm-hmm. I remember obviously the thing with Hogan, and I'm like, here we go again. So <laughs> for me, I absolutely hated the fact that Hogan actually, you know, won this title. And I've just seen the timestamp, 22 seconds. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, and well, I mean, Fuji throws the salt Hogan and everything. <laughs> yeah. He could take it's... him out in 22 seconds. He was yeah, really... but Yoko's just wrestled a match. There was the salt. The heels used all that though. To to, I mean, when you watch it, it it does make sense. It did. Yeah, it was done. It it was done well, and it it gave Yoko enough of an out to be like, I could yeah. beat Hogan next time. Yeah. Though he did use a photographer with a rocket launcher hidden in a camera in the next match, but that that's another conversation entirely. <laughs> the problem is, I mean, Hulk Hogan's obviously in a, pers- a debate in its own right. You know what I mean? He mm. he was a great work and stuff like that. But sometimes you feel like Hulk Hogan got shoved down your throat. Do you know, so many times yeah. you, you're like, uh, but, here we go. But that here in itself, go. Liam, again, that that's a bit of a myth because. Um, if you go back, a, a lot of newer fans, and I think Jim will, will, will know what I mean by this, they think, oh, Hogan always won. Well, they've just gone back and watched the pay-per-views. I and mean, that's not the case. If you watch the Saturday night's main event and the television and stuff, the reason that you watch the pay-per-views was to see Hogan win. 
on Saturday night's main event, he's getting screwed over by Andre the Giant. He's losing matches by Countout and DQ. He's, you know, the, the heels are all over him. They really are. Um, um, so I think it's a bit of a myth that maybe comes from the WCW days where it did it did get ridiculous, admittedly. And, you know, it does feel like he's beating everybody. But, um, yeah, I mean, Hulk Hogan in itself is... Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, I mean, that's... Uh... <laughs> it's, uh, it's a big one. It's a core subject, I'll be honest. But, yeah... Jimmy, got anything else? I mean, we've got silver some time. Um, what else have I got? Well, I did have one about Seems Bret Hart, but I forgot how much of a fan you are. So, <laughs> um, we've talked about that one. Okay. Something completely off the wall. Come on, Jim. All right. Um, <laughs> there should be more tag teams that are just tag teams and not. Let's move away from the who's the mighty genetic of the tag team debate. And okay. I think a lot of this comes from the way WWE has booked tag teams over the years. Because famously, Vince doesn't really like tag teams. Like, why should I pay two guys when I can pay one guy? Yeah. And for years, you could just see the storyline coming after the, the Rockers broke up. And, you know, that was a phenomenal angle. And that was so well done. Mm -hmm. But it just always felt like, here's this new tag team. And immediately your eyes going on, well, he's going to be the bad guy when they split. And he's going to be the good guy when they split. And it just felt like your tag teams were there just to begin a storyline. Whereas we're seeing a few now, and I really like it, like your FTRs and your Young Bucks, where you've got guys who are willing to say, we are just a tag team. That is our, our act is a tag team. And we're happy with that. And I feel like there should be more of that. I feel like it makes the division feel mm. much more, much more serious rather than where you get the, okay, we've got two single stars. We're not doing a lot with, let's just pair them up. So you've either got, we've got two new guys that eventually we want to split and make single stars. Or you've got, we've got two single stars doing nothing. Let's shove them together. Whereas I feel like I want to see more of your FTRs, your young books, just people who are happy being a tag team. Okay, Stevie, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I think tag team wrestling in the in the nineteen eighties, uh, in particular, um, you know, was uh, it was seen as seen as a much stronger division, like almost on the level as as the world title as as a fan. Um, you know, um, you would um, you the, you'd never expect the Road Warriors to feud with each other. I never bought. Uh, Rick and Scott Steiner against each other. I thought it was silly. Just no. Nah. Um, although you could argue that they'd been going for that long, and obviously they debated it when they were in the WF, and Vince asked, you know, Scott to be the heel and stuff. So it did. It didn't really, um, didn't really suit them. I didn't think the Rockers was a little bit different because you could argue that it ran its course and they needed Shawn Michaels at the time. Um, but I agree. You know, you you never had demolition feuding with each other. You never had the Road Warriors feuding with each other. Um, obviously, all those great teams of, of the 80s. Um, I don't think anybody would have bought Arn versus Tully. Um, no, it's a, it's a good point. I love it when people come to me and they're just like, oh, We're going to be a tag team, and that's it. We've got our matching gear, we're going to remain with each other and, and see this thing, thing through. I think there's just a point where Vince and I know uh, Bischoff infamously said a similar thing, you know, if I can just pay one guy rather than two. I'd, he'd rather have the tag champions be this established guy and this other established guy rather than, um, you know, bringing in a tag team together, which is a shame because it's a, 
you can say it's a lost start, but I think it's it's found a, a resurgence over the last few years through teams like, uh, obviously, FTR, I would say, the, the obvious. Uh, you know, the books as well. I know they've got the critics, but they've, they've remained a tag team, which I think is, is a good thing. Yeah, I think for obviously on the WWE side, I mean, that's kind of like the norm where, okay, we're going to tag team. And I do this every single time when I watch a tag team in WWE. I'm thinking, okay, when are they going to split up? It's like I'm expecting it, you know, to happen and stuff. Now, if you take that obviously from the AEW side, you've mentioned two good tag teams here, FTR, like the Young Bucks, again, obviously the critics. You think, okay, this is not going to happen. If they do, you're like, oh, crap, it might be a surprise. You could yeah. also make that. Same exception, obviously, in the UK as well. Do you know, with talent and stuff like that, would that be fair? Yeah, there's there's not many people who come along and say we're just going to be a tag team. You know, the even if they're doing the the, the tag team thing, like boisterous behaviour, a good example. You know, Doris and Slater, are the singles elsewhere, um, I suppose. So, so yeah, but I'd, you know, it, it did used to happen. Used to have uh, Project Ego with uh, uh, they they were a team. But again, there's going to be places the book book them as, as singles guys as well, uh, Travis and and uh, Martin Kirby. Um, but uh, but now I'm trying to think of another example of a of a team like that. I suppose there's a, there's a few, but um, again, the you know the known as singles elsewhere. I suppose um, I'm drawing a blank right now, but um, I've never bought yeah the the really established teams like the Rock and Roll Express. Actually, going back. You know, there was a there was a brief period where they feuded with each other, and again, I just didn't buy it. It was just like this isn't, you know, th these guys should be just a team. And oh, the Dudleys when they split the Dudleys, that was right. that was just bizarre. It, I mean, it didn't help that they said you're going to be a reverend. I mean, that that was silly. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, they just wanted to get him away from gel. that gimmick. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't. Um, I mean, it, it's. I suppose you've got your Christian and Edges have split and then got back together, and mm. same with you know Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy a few times. But yeah, I um, I can't disagree with that. <laughs> it's, um, let's let's see more teams that see it through till the end. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Right then, Jim, kick us off for one final debate. All right, I think this one might be my most controversial. I suppose. Ooh. And as someone who works in the industry, I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to see Stevie's take on it. <clears throat> yeah. I don't necessarily think that leaks and spoilers are a bad thing for wrestling. And the reason for this is I feel like wrestling is... The only other thing I can think of that's like it is a soap opera. In that, soap operas thrive... And they're the only form of entertainment, again, apart from wrestling, that I think that the existence of spoilers plays into their success. Like something like EastEnders Who Shot Phil. Everybody was going around saying, oh, next Tuesday's episode is when you found out who shot Phil. And it's like you would never get that with a movie or another TV show. You, you're not going to get someone saying, oh, next week episodes of Game of Thrones is when so-and-so gets killed because that the spoilers are guarded that, <clears throat> that sort of violently that nobody wants to know. Whereas I feel like wrestling, a bit like soap opera, can benefit from it if you like, oh, tonight's episode is when 
so-and-so turns on his partner or tonight's episode it's going to be a massive heel turn by so-and-so and I'm, I'm not saying I always want to know what's going to happen, but I think it does walk that line where spoilers can intensify the buzz rather than dilute it. And I feel like there's only soap operas and wrestling that do that. Interesting. Stevie, go ahead. Um, it's certainly in the taped era. Um, cause, because now the thing is with it going out live all the time, um, the, the things can change, and and there might not that might not be the reason why things have changed. You know, it might not be a case of oh, this has been leaked. They know that this person's here, or this person's going to turn heel. So let's not do it. It again, it's 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 just the nature of the beast. But um, it's an interesting point in terms of the the era where it was taped. I mean, the best example of all was Mick Foley winning the the title and uh, Tony Schiavone telling everybody, and everybody switched over when they found out it was a taped show. Um, there's also statistics uh, based on the, I know I read a lot of the Observer and they're always talking about, and other dirt cheap writers as well have said, um, going out live actually doesn't make that much of a difference compared to being taped with pro wrestling, which is really interesting. Any other sport, it would kill it dead because, mm. you, you know, um, you, whether it's just the scoring, whether it's just the nature of um that form of entertainment or just as a sport they need to know what's going to happen if you know what's going to happen with any other sport you're not likely to watch it where there's evidence to show that a lot of wrestling fans don't mind if it's if it's recorded they'll watch it later or they'll record it themselves um so yeah i do i do partially agree with that um depending on what it is um i would hate to think that um you know full information full spoilers for all let's say um you know, Monday's Raw gets out uh, before Monday, and they're not—they're just not going to go ahead with everything that's been put out. You know, it's not just going to happen. I suppose your argument might be that it would be okay if if most of that did happen, just as it was planned, uh, which is which is interesting in itself because we live in a in a strange era now where you know the majority of the fans they know that it's a work, but they're still watching anyway. Um, but I think there's that element of um, anything could happen, though. Let's 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 tune in anyway, which is is partially the excitement as well. I know Bischoff when he did the um, when he did the research for Nitro, the number one. And again, it's a different era, but at the time in the nineties, the number one um, thing that wrestling fans liked was unpredictability. Mm. I don't necessarily think that's the case anymore. So I'm I'm in partially partial agreement with you there, Jim. Um, if sometimes if you do know what's going to happen, you are more likely to watch. <laughs> Incidentally, I know you'll laugh, but it, it it's like I've always um, been a neighbors fan since I was a kid. I've been watching it on Amazon, um, but they've given away a big storyline that's going to happen next week. Say coming up on neighbors at the end, and they're like, "What are they doing?" But you're right with soap operas like that. Well, I'm going to see it now because how well, are they going to get to, you know, from A to to B to C yeah. to D? Uh, but with wrestling, with it being live, it's a little bit different. If it was taped, uh, and again, it's been proven. If there's a big match, I suppose Impact are doing it, and uh, people, you know, the reports coming out, and 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 they like the reports coming out and saying, "Oh, they do this match on the second week, on the third week. This is what happens. Sounds great. Let's watch that." Um, so yeah, wrestling's very different to to other sports in that regard. Yeah, I think it also comes down to obviously the fan base. I mean, I can obviously talk from obviously a podcasting type thing is. 
the social media and obviously the internet, I feel like, plays a big part. It's like, if I want to watch, like, let's say, an example, AW, obviously, it's different, obviously, in the UK. I have to try my best to try and stay off social media and stuff because I don't mm -hmm. want to see spoilers, but there's always But that if you occasion. do, does it hurt it? That, I think that's the question, isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean... It, Is it going to stop you from watching? I mean, some cases, yes, because I think, oh, okay. So, oh, like, <laughs> I mean, when it, in the AEW context, it's like, oh, oh, okay, Sting's, like, debuted. I'm like, oh, I wanted to see that, like, do you know, watch it. I didn't want to see the spoiler. So I feel like it all depends yeah. what actually is happening on, the, on that show. So I'm, so I'm kind of partially in agreement with what Jim said there. But mm. I, So I've got a follow-up question over to what Jim just said there. Do you think tapes obviously hurts some companies in a way? Obviously, we're talking referencing TNA. Uh, I think the spontaneity um, uh, and, the, and the fact that they can change course uh, and then maybe bring people in. They've got to have a, a sort of strict idea of what's going to happen within the next month or whatever it is. Um, at the same time, you've got uh, advantages as well because you've got continuity and consistency with that, that particular storyline. You know, that's going to be in place for that month. Um, but it, I mean, it's it's benef it's been proven that it's benefited them in the past um, mm. and it's benefited other companies. There's not much of a drop when... Uh, I think it was just the other week. SmackDown was taped, and mm -hmm. the, the the ratings. It, if you look at the cost of how much, and I, I don't know what the numbers are, but I, I just remember seeing that the cost of going live compared to being taped is astronomical. Um, they could probably go taped and uh, and be okay. Now that's a question in itself: Is SmackDown going to be taped when it goes back to USA Network? Mm. Um, there's talk about it changing night, isn't there, as well at the moment? I don't know how much truth there is to it. but Yeah, um... because it's bad to be on Friday on the USA Network. Um, mm. I think the Thursday they've talked about, so. There you go, there you go. Guys, that wraps up our show. And, I mean, hey. we've got a winner. I mean, it's clearly, obviously, Jim has brought so much onto the table. <laughs> Jim, you've been, obviously, the top debate today. Stevie, you could have brought some more stuff, but I know you're a busy guy, right? <laughs> to be honest, I went blank because I think we, we covered it in the first part when we were talking about uh, women's wrestling and we were talking about TNA and stuff. And there wasn't much more I wanted to, to debate with that, to be honest. So I was just really intrigued to see what you guys were going to say, particularly Jim. So next time, I promise I'll do my homework. Okay. But I don't think there's anything <laughs> particularly controversial about my opinions. I might be wrong. I'll think of something. <laughs> of course. So, guys, obviously, thank you obviously, so much for being part of this debut show. We've kind of winged most of the show, but I feel like it's gone really well. Just nice discussion, straight to the point. Would you guys agree? Yeah, yeah. great. Of course, of course. So, Stevie, tell everybody, I'll plug all your stuff and tell everybody about what shows you've got coming up. Um, well, I'm, you know, I'm online. If you really want to talk to me, you can do. Just DM me. I don't care. I'm on, you'll find me just Stevie Aaron. I'm on everything. I don't use Twitter much, but uh, Facebook. Um, I'm on the other thing that no one's on anymore. What's it called? Threads. Did, that, that didn't really work out, did it? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I'm on Instagram. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love to hear from people sometimes, as long as the question's good and <laughs> as long as it's relevant. Uh, obviously, wrestling in Newcastle next week. Uh, there it is, Gauntlet for the Gold. We're going to crown our uh, first champion for wrestling in Newcastle. Uh, lots of great matches, lots of great talent from around the country. And, of course, uh, the big one in December that I'll be doing um, is going to be Eternal Glory from uh, NGW. Um, 
yeah, with the steel cage match, a title match, and a whole lot more. Uh, there's other companies uh, I work for as well. Uh, I'll give a shout out to W3L. Uh, check them out. Check out all of promotions that that Liam's mentioned as well. And uh, I'm sure there's somebody I'm probably forgetting, but uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. I think for now. Of course, Jim. Anything you want to plug, my friend? And give some shout outs. Yeah, I'm on all the the social media as well. I'm not that interesting most of the time, but um, we do. I do have um, a regular podcast where we talk about Star Trek, and um, this week, funnily enough, we 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 did actually end up talking about wrestling because the the we watched the first episode with the Cardassians and they had this horrible brown outfit and it reminded me of Shawn Michaels' tights in that first elimination chamber. So there's a <laughs> bit of crossover between wrestling and Star Trek. So check out the Retrek podcast. Of course, of course. Thank you so much, guys. And yes, the Magical Wrestling is back next week. And I've got a question, obviously, to end the show. And Stevie, who's your favourite and, and ring announcer? Of all time? Yes. Howard Finkel? Of course, of course. Jim? Of course, yeah. Oh, Stevie Aaron, obviously. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, guys. See you later. Good night, everybody. <laughs>